Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We're excited to offer you a different type of podcast, and our goal is to uh, help you in some of the mental health areas, and uh, we're going to be focusing in a little bit on the subject of depression today. Mark Balmer and I've got Pete McClanathan here with me and we're going to be doing a podcast today on the sub- subject of depression but we're going to be doing some more things too aren't we Pete? I hope we will yeah. As we move forward we're our goal is to be a, a blessing to you and to maybe dispel some myths and things uh, that are that are out there and and help um, you be as healthy as you can um mentally and emotionally, along with spiritually as well. That's one of the goals we, w- we would have for you. And one of the things we're going to start out with today is talking about some of the misunderstandings that are out there as it pertains to the subject of depression. Because there's some, there's some clear misunderstandings, aren't there? There sure are. And the person who struggles with depression is going to suffer also from those misunderstandings, both in terms of seeing him or herself, and also in terms of how other people relate to that person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've got uh, even public figures, don't we, that uh, struggle with it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things that people want to hide from it and don't want to admit to it, and yet it's, it's out there, isn't it? It is, and a large part of the problem is that it is such a mysterious illness, um, because, and we'll talk about that a little later, how even the medical community, although they're doing their best, they still do not have a complete focus or a handle on uh, on, on depression. Yeah, and, and even in the Christian realm, too, I mean, I think so often there's some things that go along with that, but there, there's uh, pretty famous Christians that even struggle with this, right? There are. Um, it can affect any area of life. And because of things like fear and shame and isolation, people can be confused about what they're going through. And they can also be afraid to seek help or even go public with it. But, you know, depression, I'm finding, is a lot more common than we realize. Um, Depending on what studies you read, you'll find that 6% to 20% of the American population suffers in some way from depression or anxiety-driven depression. Um, public figures, you mentioned, Mark. Um, I've, I just made some notes here of some research I've done. Um, a lot of athletes um, have dealt with um, depression, and it's interesting that only now is it being talked about. Uh, in the NBA, uh, DeMar DeRosa, Kevin Love, two names that we know well. Um, I'm honestly appreciative of DeMar DeRosa because a couple of years ago he went very public with his struggles, and that's led to the NBA trying to be public about it also. Uh, Michael Phelps, the great swimmer, talks Mm. openly about his struggles with depression. There have been actors and uh, musicians 
uh, Robin Williams comes to mind who sure. killed himself with depression mm-hmm. or as a result of depression in 2014. Um, more recently, we have Naomi Judd, yeah. who went through years of depression, we're coming to learn, and even wrote a book about her struggles and the help she was finding. And we learned that just a couple of weeks ago, she took her own life. The day before she was to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Now, that fact in itself, I think, dispels a lot of the myths. We'll get into that in a little while. Sure. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson talks about his struggles with depression. Even Bruce Springsteen went through a significant uh, time when he was feeling that way. You could do a web search on uh, on celebrities and athletes, and you're going to find a long list of names. But as Mark pointed out, even in the Christian community, um, there's a Christian counselor who's well-known by the name of Ed Welch. And one of the things he wrote about, he wrote, he writes several books, but one of them was Depression, A Stubborn Darkness mm. was the title. Mm-hmm. Um you might remember Sheila Walsh, a Christian singer from yeah. the 80s and 90s, who even was a co-host of an important Christian television show. She's written a lot about her struggles with depression. And let's not forget Charles Spurgeon, the um, great British preacher from the 1800s, who basically said that he never knew from day to day or even hour to hour how he was going to feel. Wow. If you look at leaders in the public realm, Abraham Lincoln is well known to have suffered from depression. There was a book written about him oh, about 20 years ago called uh, Lincoln's Melancholy. Mm. And even Winston Churchill suffered from depression episodes. He referred to it as the black dog. Mm. And um, that might also have been a term that Charles Spurgeon used. So it's out there. And hopefully one of the things we can get across is if you suffer from forms of depression, as I do, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that many of us know people that do. You know, we, we have people, obviously, you know, I will go into detail of people I meet with, but uh, it's so common, and and we see it around us, and, and unfortunately, there's often a lot of shame in it, too, but we know people, don't we? We do. Um, I need to look no farther than my own family. Um, there was depression, um, kind of serious depression in uh, one of my parents. The problem was that was in the 1950s and 1960s when the understanding and treatment of depression was only in its infancy. Plus, there was a great deal of discouragement about going public for fear of public ridicule. Sure. We needed to get through it on our own, and that that in itself is one of the myths. Yeah, there are a lot of harmful myths out there that really, uh, they can be dangerous in they some can. respects because... It lets people hold on to these ideas that just aren't right. It does, and it can, like I say, it can do two things. It can 
cause additional guilt and shame and confusion and fear to be piled upon the person suffering from depression. And it can also cause well-meaning people to say things that are not only stupid but are hurtful. Uh, one of the myths out there is that depression is somehow self-inflicted, that the depressed person needs to just get a hold of himself and things will get better. I've heard it said that telling a depressed person to get over it is like telling a person without any arms to beat his chest. Mm. You just don't have the ability to do it. Sometimes we think that depression is a weakness or it's a sign of laziness. Uh, or in the Christian community, we will even say that the things that are around depression, such as isolation and so, and so on, are aspects of sin because we're not trusting the Lord. Um, but in truth, depression affects any and all parts of society. And the thing we need to understand is that we're not alone. And even though it's still relatively mysterious, and that term that I've heard is that it's the gray science, there are things that we can start to do. Yeah, I think, you know, dispelling those myths is so essential. And then even looking at some of the realities of um, many people don't understand that there's a physiological element here, isn't there? There is. And it relates to the chemicals in the brain. And typically depression and anxiety are caused by and accompanied by chemical imbalances in the brain. Typically, two of the um, chemicals are dopamine and serotonin, which regulate mood in the brain. And if they get out of balance, they don't click back in very quickly. Depression can often be traced to genetic factors, um, but it doesn't have to be. The thing that we need to realize is that what is happening, whether it's being triggered by trauma or loss or guilt or shame, it's working itself back through that brain chemistry. So whether the chemistry imbalance is the result of genetic predisposition or whether it's result of having been triggered by some form of trauma or suppressed trauma, it works itself back through those chemicals. And we need to understand that to remove some of that stigma. It's like any other illness. Uh, we don't make fun of people with crippled legs or any other thing. We see that as something they have to deal with. Depression is functionally the same way. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's important to, to make a distinction here, too. We, you know, we can hear the word depression thrown, thrown around a lot, and it could be because somebody's just discouraged, you know, I didn't get a job, I'm depressed about it, or, uh, you know, just feeling very sad right now. Uh, depression is something different than just those emotions that come and go. And that's a real important distinction, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because 
discouragement and sadness historically have been mixed in the language with depression. And when a person is under deep sadness, for example, loss of a loved one or um, any of the things that affect our life during the course of our years, oftentimes we will say, and I've said this in years past when I didn't understand, um, they will say that that person is depressed or that that person is um, discouraged. And, you know, that's fine. Um, because depression does involve sadness. It does involve discouragement. But clinical depression is an animal of its own. It works in a way that removes the ability to function in the mental and emotional realm in the way that we used to or the way that we want to. Yeah. You know, part of the reason that uh, Pete and I are are sharing some of this with you today is that we have connected on this uh, in years past. And uh, um, I, I'm a person that struggles with seasonal depression. And again, it's not just bummed that the winter's dragging on or whatever. Years ago, I went, when I went to school, it was at British Columbia. And I mean, British Columbia can rain and rain and rain and gray day after gray day. And, and that can wear on anybody. But I find that I, I can get into a funk that I can't shake and it, it just, and I, I'm high functioning within it, but usually not too long into it. My wife will say, you're, you're struggling, aren't you? I go, yeah, I'm struggling. And, and again, I function because I, I know I have to, and it's a lot of prayer dependence, but that doesn't shake the fact that that's there. It's this uh, looming, uh, you know, darkness that you carry with you, even though you know the truth, you know the right things, you just can't shake it. And uh, Pete, I know you've had experience with this as well. And Yeah, and what you're just talking about is something that's called full-functioning depression, which means that um, nobody really can know or yeah. see. You yeah. may not even know what it is. Yeah. But um, I read recently that uh, an actress whose name escapes me uh, a couple of years ago had taken her own life, and it's now being revealed that she was a full-functioning depressant. Mm. Uh, in my life, what I've come to understand is that depression has been running in the background all of my life. I didn't know what it was. Um, I thought it was just a discouragement or cycles of energy and laziness or whatever, uh, because that's how things are, were interpreted back then. But I can see its footprints in foolish decisions. I can see its footprints in energy levels. I could see its footprints in um, how I viewed life and some of the things that I did which were not helpful to me or others. Um, but what I've come to understand is that depression is different for every person. It's different in its nature. And its seriousness, it's different in its uh, timing, it's different in its duration. Hmm. When we struggle with this, we, you know, we have to sort through just how to function. And, and part of this, 
you know, is this, you know, what does it look like to live or what does it look like to be a victim of it uh, versus, you know, living life and, and again, how to, how to function, those kinds of things. And within that too is the whole realm of, of bad advice. There's some pretty bad advice out there for people struggling with depression. There is. Um, a couple of the big dangers for a depressed person is um, the danger on one side of overexerting um, to try to plow through it and then wondering why things aren't happening better, which just compounds the depression. Um, there's another danger which we have to be aware of. This is not a simplistic thing, but the other danger is that we um, withdraw from life and we use the way we feel as an excuse, maybe even a sense of a victim mentality. Somewhere between overexertion and withdrawal into a victim mentality, we have to plow the ground of the pain that we feel. And the good news is that um, we can do it, but we do have to avoid that bad advice. My first major depressive crash was in 1998, and I won't bother you right now with the details. I'm not ashamed to talk about them, but we got to move forward here. Truthfully, a lot of the advice I was getting back then from even good people, even people close to me in my family, was get over it. Or it would turn into a spiritual direction. For example, consider what is God trying to change in you? Now, that's not a bad question, but it's not going to break that depressive grip um, or maybe God is punishing you. Or do you have a lack of faith? I've had many people talk to me who suffer from depression that their first, first point of view is, I feel so guilty and so dirty because this is happening to me, as if to say there was a gap in faith. Or maybe some people will tell you that uh, this is God's will because you're supposed to have joy and you're supposed to avoid anxiety. And if you're not able to do that, God's willing something less for you. Yeah. Mark, we have time to read Psalm 88. Yeah, we do. And I think that'd be a, a great way to begin to wind things down here. Psalm 88. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead. Like the slain that lie in the grave like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with your waves. You've caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. 
Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? And are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close, me, they close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. One of the uh, biblical translations renders that last phrase, darkness is my closest friend. Hmm. And um, I, I, I began to read Psalm 88 a few years ago, um, about the time I was falling into my second depressive crash about five years ago. And there are so many rich ideas in that psalm that speak to the experience of depression. We will get into that in a later podcast, but for now I want to focus in Psalm 88. This man who wrote this was not giving up on God. He was not accusing him. He was not running from him. He was simply confused and perplexed. And yet you see several points in that psalm where he declares God's existence, God's power, and God's love. And to me, that dispels the whole idea that depression is somehow related to God's disapproval. Yeah. Mark, um, just want to take a little look to the future here. We're going to do a number of podcasts in this, in this group here. Uh, we're going to talk about in more detail what depression is, what it isn't, um, ways of coping with it, and this is an important one, how to and how not to deal with a person suffering depression. Uh, but for today, I, I, there's two messages I'd want to leave us. One is that we're not alone There are many like us, and there are also many in God's family who are like us. And also, if you believe you're you're suffering from depression, we're going to be talking later about how to consider getting help. But you know, as we close here, I do want to underscore something. There are many, many good books out there about recovery, about dealing with depression, and about the the nature of becoming a victorious person and so on. Most of those are adequate or good. The material in most of those is valuable, and it will help us as we go forward. But we need to also understand that as Christians, we are part of God's family. 
We have access to God's strength, his power, his healing, his comfort. And what we need to do, and we'll talk about this a lot in a couple of podcasts down the road, we need to understand how those traits and resources of the Lord speak to us even in times of darkness. Mm. Mark, um, one other scripture I'd like us to close with is... uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Could you give that to us? Sure can. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for the sake, or for Jesus' sake. You see, we are not professionals in mental illness, and we don't claim to be. I don't claim to be. I can simply share my experience, share the things that I've learned, Pastor Mark can do the same thing. But at the end of the day, we are here as leaders in the body of Christ to point us to Christ and to dig into who Christ is and what he does and dig into our own relationships with him. Because as we've seen, we can't measure the degree of our relationship with Christ simply by how we feel or simply by our circumstances. But it is there, and we're going to keep that in front of us as we go through all of these coming weeks. Good words. Father, would you just walk with those who struggle, like your word tells us that you do. And Lord, may you bring encouragement. May you um, help bring people out of that dark, deep tunnel of depression and and to have victories, even little victories along the way. And Lord, may you just be near and be exalted. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.